The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about B2B communication strategies. Joining us is Craig Klein, who is the president and CEO of SalesNexus, which is a comprehensive solution for CRM, email marketing, automation, and lead generation for companies of any size. SalesNexus helps its customers with prospecting campaigns, lead generation, and the measurement of the metrics that matter the most. And today, Craig and I are going to discuss creating B2B email campaigns that get results. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Craig Klein, the president and CEO of SalesNexus. Craig, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you having me on. I guess I should say welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. You're one of our earlier guests. It's been a couple of years. Excited to have you back on the pod. Yeah, well, and congratulations on the success of the show. It's really just taken off. I appreciate it. We've been working long and hard hours as Rumor has it you've been doing the same at SalesNexus. Talk to me a little bit about what's changed in the last couple of years. I know that you work on a CRM product that has some email capabilities as well. What's new in your world? Well, recently we added to the marketing automation capabilities we have with the ability to send text messages. And so that's been fun to experiment with and learn about all the different ways that customers are using that and integrating it into emails and texts and now it's, you know, you can really create a multimedia journey for your customers. So that's been fun. You know, customer communication is getting more complex. And I feel like as we are faced with more inbound requests for our attention, you've named two of them email, SMS, there's a million chat messengers out there. We got Slack and Teams and Facebook Messenger. All sorts of people are pinging us, feels like constantly. It's really hard to separate yourself from the rest of the crowd and separate what actually matters. The wheat from the chaff stand out in the noise. Talk to me about how you can create, let's start with an email campaign that actually gets results. How do you stand out? Email marketing of all of the digital marketing platforms or techniques has been around longer than anything, right? So there's no rocket science there. It's really fundamental marketing principles that are what's going to work. You got to be able to target the right audience and communicate to them in a way that's going to resonate with them. What we've seen over the years working with thousands of B2B brands is that typically there's somebody on the marketing side of the house that's developing the email marketing campaigns. 
And then you got your sales guys over here on the other side of the house who are actually building relationships with customers. And what works is kind of marrying those things together so that the email isn't just top of funnel, but it's more helping to nurture that relationship and build that relationship. Or if you want to think about it from a funnel perspective, using emails to bring people down through your funnel in conjunction with what's happening with the salesperson, which sounds real complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Going back to the fundamentals sounds simple. Actually executing it ends up being very challenging. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of different things. One, who's writing the emails and understanding who they're writing them for. And two, the different stages of a customer's life cycle, which dictates how you should be writing your emails when you're trying to figure out whether an email is successful or not, knowing that some of the emails are about relationship building. Some of them are about nurture Some of them are about direct response and actually getting to the sale. How do you evaluate the success of your emails or your all of your outreach, knowing that the outcome is different for multiple stages in the funnel? That's a huge challenge. And fundamentally, what most people struggle with is that you have separate tools that you're doing all these things in. You've got your website analytics and you got your email marketing program and it gives you analytics. And then you got your CRM where you can track sales results and things like that. And then trying to marry all that together and get an actual, some sort of realistic analysis, that's a week-long project for somebody. That's where our platform is unique in that we've combined all that into one place so that you just don't have that challenge of integrating data all the time. But at the end of the day, that's the name of the game. I don't just want to know how many people opened or clicked on my email. I want to know How many of the people that clicked on my email ended up talking to a salesperson, not just coming to my website or ended up purchasing something? And that's what you got to measure. You say, I want to know how many people talk to a salesperson, but going back to my previous comment, not every email is necessarily book a demo. Right. Some of the times it's, hey, thanks for giving us your business card at an event back when we used to actually go to events. Just wanted to follow up with a link to our website so you could research the platform, the end. Right. Success for that email is, was there a click to the website? As opposed to an email that says, hey, thanks for downloading the white paper. If you have questions, we're happy to walk you through our platform. Click here to schedule a meeting with a salesperson. You know, The goal is obviously different from that second email than the first. Which brings me back to sort of the original question of, well, your emails are intending to do a couple different things. How are you figuring out success when you have multiple calls to action or different calls to action for each type of communication? You have to measure those separately, right? But the way I think about it is the funnel has a lot of layers in it. So that first email that you're talking about, that's at the top of the funnel. We're just trying to get them to the website. And then the second email you're talking about, that's more in the middle of the funnel. Where we're trying to get them engaged with a sales rep. So we're going to evaluate that first email with how many people actually went to the website. But here's the tricky detail. We also want to look at those people that did respond to that first email and came to the website, how many of them ended up receiving that second email and responding to that too. Because now if we can link those two things together, now we're getting some really valuable intelligence that tells us maybe at the top of the funnel, we are or possibly are not even targeting the right people at all. Because what I've seen happen a lot of times is at a marketing level, you can target an audience 
And you can generate a lot of activity for your sales team on your website or for your sales team, but they don't close any business or they don't close enough business. And it's all because either we chose the wrong audience in the first place, or maybe the messaging's just pulling in the wrong people. So we have to link those two layers together in order to really optimize the whole funnel. It's what I call the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross phenomenon between sales and marketing, where the marketing team creates activity and says, here are the leads, go close them. And the sales team says, these leads aren't any good, go find new leads. And everybody points at each other and says, well, you're not doing your job. And the answer is probably we should be working together and all be on the same page in terms of who we're targeting and how we're trying to close them. Yeah. So you want to be able to run a report of a sales report, for instance, close rate, but not close rate in general, but close rate that started with this campaign versus that campaign. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Yeah, I mean, this gets into conversation about lead scoring, where when you're evaluating a prospect, you have to understand what data points they've touched, how many emails they've touched, what were the activities they'd taken, and that helps figure out whether the sales team should be engaging with them. And I guess my question here is, I understand how lead scoring is a mechanism to evaluate whether sales should be engaging with a specific lead, but do you recommend or do you advise people to actually take those lead scores and then look back and see which emails helped drive the activity that raised the lead score? Can you look at that data to then go back and figure out how effective your communications are? For sure. And the other thing that you want to add in there is the frequency and quality of the conversations or engagement, I should say, not just conversation. In other words, especially in B2B, a lot of things are timing. If you're a lead, we might have a great conversation. You might really be interested in what I'm selling you, but it's just not time for your company to buy that right now. You're under contract or that's going to come up next quarter. 
So your lead score might jump up because you've checked off all the right boxes, but you're not really a hot lead because of timing that doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with you. So one of the things that we did a long time ago in our platform is built the ability to archive email correspondence and just kind of track the history of all interactions with the customer, both phone call, email, text messages now, all of that, so that that score can also be a function of the fact that I've talked to them 10 times in the last two weeks versus once this month. And what are those conversations about? Are they clicking on my holiday emails where I sent them something about Halloween with a funny meme or something like that? Or did they click on the link to download the white paper that's a buyer's guide or something like that? Those are all different signals that should affect that lead score better. But at the end of the day, back to answering your question, it all just has to come down to dollars and cents, right? What do they end up buying and how long do they stay as a customer? What's their lifetime value? Those kind of things. So when you're rolling out email campaigns, how do you figure out which ones are effective? You know, you run the campaigns, you get some data, you're looking at open rate, click rate, you're going to see how many of those emails were opened and interacted with by people that ended up being your customers. What's the way to look back at some point and figure out what to modify and what's been successful that you need to amplify when it comes to your email outreach? You have to start with those things. First of all, the email itself has to get adequate engagement. Was it opened? Is your title good? Did it drive engagement? Did the people click on the CTA? That's a question of the body copy. Then the question is, did that become a good customer? Exactly. And that's what I referred to earlier. I can end up with salespeople on the phone with people that have engaged with my email all day. But if they don't close a lot of those leads then that email was not successful, even though it had a great click rate. That's what ultimately you have to tie it back to. And so I know this sounds really complex. It is complex if the click rate and the close rate are in two different systems and you got to figure out how to reconcile those things and all that. Most people just are never going to do that. Yeah, I think that that's the key there is most people say, all right, I'm not marrying my email data to my CRM data because those are in two separate systems. So I'm just going to look at email data to figure out if my emails are successful. Well, people opened and people click. So this must be a great email. It must be helping contribute to revenue. And that's not necessarily the case. The question is tying it to what actually drove the best possible customers. Not everybody uses Sales Nexus. Not everybody has the ability to do that. Not saying that they shouldn't use Sales Nexus. But for the listeners that are using a different system, what's the right cadence, in your opinion, to go back and start thinking about trying to tie your revenue data, your conversion data back to the original emails to evaluate if they were successful? That's really a function of your sales cycle, right? So if you're in a business where you start a relationship and close the deal typically in 30 days, then give it 45 days and go and perform that analysis. You want to do it as often as you can, depending on how difficult it is for you, right? If you're in a business that you're selling half million dollar deals, it takes six months or a year, then trying to measure that kind of thing every month might not be that meaningful. It's a waste of effort. Basically, what I would say is whatever your sales cycle is, do it that often. Yeah, I think that that's a great tip is as you're thinking about evaluating your B2B email marketing campaigns, you need to try to marry your revenue data and understand what emails not only are getting good email performance, but are also impacting what drives the bottom line. 
And the cadence for doing that is dependent on what your sales cycle is. The MarTech podcast here is selling our sponsorships. I know that our sales cycle is roughly six weeks and generally some people bounce back in as little as six months. You know, I'm probably looking every couple months to try to figure out how our emails are performing and seeing which one drove our conversions. I'm definitely doing it more often than every six months, but it does make sense to try to tie your email performance back to actual revenue by looking at the people that are converting and figuring out what emails drove that activity. I love the way you describe that. That's exactly right. And it makes just perfect sense, right? What I think is really exciting about that, believe it or not, even though we're kind of nerding out on this, right? It's a podcast. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's exciting about it is it almost always illuminates really counterintuitive insights. Like we were talking about before, either the sales team or the marketing team, one of them's going to be sitting there looking at that kind of analysis going, really? Is that actually right? And that's the kind of insight that you want, because that's going to help you make things better next time. The last thing I say before we wrap this episode up is you'll be surprised which emails are the ones that actually drive or are connected to revenue. You know, I think of our email outreach when we're doing cold emails, the first email always gets the highest open rate, generally gets the highest click-through rate. We send a four email sequence. And you think about that last, the fourth email over four weeks or so, how many people are actually opening the fourth email? Turns out it's the fourth email when people are like, I do want to engage with you. I've been putting it off for four weeks. Finally, I'm going to engage in a conversation. Now I'm ready. That ends up being one of the best revenue drivers for us in terms of our email outreach. That's why we keep the emails going. You never know which emails are going to be the ones that drive your revenue, but it's worth connecting the revenue data back to the email performance to figure it out. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Craig Klein, the president and CEO of SalesNexus for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Craig and I are going to talk about using email as a sandbox for your marketing strategies. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Craig, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Craig Klein, C-R-A-I-G-K-L-E-I-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is salesnexus.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.